When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Baby, it's the charity stripe pitcher free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tapos, and Nikki Snacks Crider. <laughs> you don't like a DJ airhorn sound effect? That's so fine. Come talk to us on Instagram at the dot charity dot stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore NBA playoffs. I feel swing. Yeah, like talk to anyone me. who has who does not like the DJ airhorn has already talked to us at this point. At this point. I've- We've been we've been spoken to, and we've handled each person the way that it should be handled if they don't like a DJ Airhorn. And yeah. we're not going to tell you how that is, but just know that they've been dealt with. Oh, I'll I'll tell the people how we dealt with them. I'll I'm, I don't care. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I put somebody in a headlock. It was crazy, dude. You Nolan Ryan them? I Nolan Ryan somebody, and then I did a Tombstone pile driver. And then I tried to do the Rikishi sting face, but the bouncers uh, pulled me off of him, and rightfully so. I was and then, glad. and then you took him out to a nice seafood dinner and never called them back again. <laughs> yeah, dude. If you <laughs> if you consider a red lobster a nice seafood dinner, then yeah, hey, actually, hey, red, hey, lo- now, hey, now. Hey, red lobster is fire. Cheddar it's, biscuits, the cheddar biscuits, red lobster biscuits, Caesar salad. Uh, they had a, a lobster fest a couple weeks ago. Me and my girlfriend went. Well, you went to the Red Lobster recently? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why didn't you tell anybody? I didn't know that I had to announce every time I go to the Red Lobster. I didn't Josh, know. Was like Josh, it's a national chain. It's just Red Lobster. There's multiple <laughs> Red Lobsters across the United States. There's no, not just the one. Red Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually went to the Red Lobster, which is in Boston. It was like the OG Red Lobster. It was like good. I wasn't like blown away. It's not better than Cheesecake Factory. Sorry, before I cut you off, though, we were talking about the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> we can debate that another time, I guess. We got to talk sports here. Uh, basketball. 
Okay. Home stands are done for the higher seeds. Celtics, Bucks, it's one apiece. Heat, 2-0, and beads out. Completely took care of business. Uh, Suns, 2-0 on the Mavs. Luke has done all he can, but to no avail. And then the other series, um, we got one apiece. Warriors slip one in uh, the first game against Memphis. Ja almost hits a buzzer beater after Clay misses two free throws at the end of the game. No matter. Correct. Correct. I have a point about the entirety of the playoffs and Nick can hop in. We can talk about sports in general, but keep going with the rest of the breakdowns for now. Yeah. And then Ja takes care of business with a 47, eight and eight in game two, but they barely, not barely, but they don't beat them that handily considering how well John Morant did. I thought that was interesting. He had an unbelievable game. Uh, Clay didn't shoot that well, which is obviously a, a Bane, a Desmond Bane, uh, for the Golden State Warriors. But that's one apiece. That series we knew was going to be a fun one to watch. Um, are we seeing a passing of the torch there in, in point guards? I don't know. I mean, obviously, two completely different styles. Ja is, I'm trying to comp him, I'm trying to be like, who does he remind me of? Because I'm just trying to break down his game. And right now what I'm stuck on that a part that I'm really impressed is his handles and the way he can break down a defender. He's so, I was like, he not in the, no, he's, he's more, he's more Allen than he is Kyrie. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's like Kyrie's like smoother and like more efficient. Jaw is like quicker is like quick, like AI and more like staccato. It's like staccato versus legato. If I'm going to, even like musically referenced that I thought that was like decent. Um, but I think that series is interesting. We'll start with our two teams. Uh, toss. I'm a Celtics fan. Toss is a Mavs fan. The bucks. I went on a show today and I was talking about bucks Celtics and the thing with the bucks Celtics, and we've discussed this ourselves and, in, in, you know, previous encounters on the show, on the radio, on the, you know, the podcast, um, or just, you know, in passing on the couch, Middleton goes down the Celtics sweep a Nets team, which quite frankly, wasn't that good outside of Katie and Kyrie. Like they were not a complete team by any means. And they had a first year head coach. So did the Celtics, but obviously Ime Adoka has got some coaching experience. And Steve Nash is, you know, fresh off the boat. The Celtics sweep that team. And just because it's Katie and Kyrie and the name factor, everyone immediately jumps in and puts them ahead of the line to win the East. Middleton goes down. That furthers that point. But people forget that the Bucks are not only the defending champs, but have the best player in the world and play a very physical brand of basketball, which is very similar to the brand of basketball the Celtics play. And the Celtics kind of got punched in the mouth in the first game. They come back in the second game and shoot the lights out of the place, which is not going to be the norm. But the Bucks, that's the Achilles of that Middleton. Giannis is unbelievable if the game is close. If the game is up, he's incredible to have. But when they're down and down heavy like they were in the set going into the second half, 65 to 40, he is clearly not the guy that's going to shoot you back in the game. Middleton would kind of need, be, need to be the, the spearheading that effort and shooting you back in the game. And they didn't have him. So getting in back into that game, though, they made a nice effort. I felt it uh, was, was never going to happen for the Bucks. Grant Williams also had a career game and that's what you need to win 100%. games in the, uh, in the playoffs. Um, typically your quote unquote role players always shoot better at home. So I expect, you know, guys like Grayson Allen, guys like Pat Connaughton, when they head back to Milwaukee, um, to kind of potentially do the same thing as Grant Williams is a similar thing that Maxi Kleba did in the first round against the jazz where he hit like eight threes, one game. Um, those, those kind of games happen when, when you're at home, 
but you need those, right? But no, I think it's a good point. I think that's to me right now it looks as if the Bucks Celtics series is interesting, as if the Memphis Warriors series is interesting, and the other two I don't necessarily know. Um, it, Which it feels is like so great. Yeah, I mean, I'd like all four of the series to be interesting and engaging and, and competitive. Sorry, so great because two are on one night and the other two on the other. So you at least know, okay, that night of basketball, I'm going to get some sick back-to-back basketball games. Yeah. The other two, you could kind of just mail it in. It's the, the Sixers heat thing is a, is a null and void without Embiid. Like you, there's no competition. They've got nothing. Harden is not acclimated. Doesn't feel comfortable to fully do James Harden. I, I actually think that that Nets team that the Celtics swept, would have a decent shot of sweeping this current 76ers team without Embiid. They're, yeah. they're that bad. They're not good. I mean, Harris is fine. Maxie's getting there, but he's still young. I mean, he's had some good games. He's had, you know, he's had some good performance in the playoffs and a great, you know, regular season. Harden is just, again, like not acclimated in, in that capacity yet without Embiid. He was brought there to help facilitate Embiid, not be James Harden anymore, quite frankly. Uh, and without Joel Embiid, the 76ers don't have a prayer. They're getting absolutely bamboozled and bodied in the middle. Bantam Adebayo, people forget, is an absolute superstar. Well, he'll likely be in he'll likely be all NBA third team as a center position. He probably yeah, will be. But he never gets it like he always gets overlooked, bro. By, by, by me included, like we throw cat out there. We throw a D out there. You know, we had that debate and, you know, you could even throw bam out of bio in the debate in my mind with those three, because he's really reliable and he's extremely versatile. He may not go get you the offensive buckets that those other two get, but he's a great passer. He's a great defender and he's a great running mate with Jimmy Butler. They play great complimentary basketball and Kyle Lowry's not even playing. Right. I was with the tech. We exchanged those texts at ATOS. Kyle Lowry's not even in the game. So that to me is the best case scenario for Miami. They'll probably gentlemen sweep the Philadelphia 76ers once Embiid comes back because they're on a roll. Butter them up. Your boys, there's nothing you can do. I mean, it's great to see Luke get out of the first round. It's great to see him put back-to-back explosive offensive performances. He goes 40, he goes 30-plus. The guy is an absolute wonderkin and is going to be a menace in the league for years to come. But you got to keep in mind there were certain situations like MJ didn't go right to the finals when he was young. I'm not saying Luke is MJ, but you know a lot of these young superstars, it does take a little bit. Like LeBron went to one in Cleveland. They had to leave to go to Miami. There's a lot. A KG never went to one in Minnesota. Like it's not as easy as people think and make it out to be to go to the finals. Only a couple guys can really. Steph really did it, but he had running mates. Kawhi did it. LeBron needed to go get people. Like going to the finals on your own. The only one that's really done it, like that we've seen, or two of the people that we've seen do it, are AI and Dirk in our lifetime. And Dirk won, ironically, in Dallas. LeBron did it. LeBron went there. Yes, LeBron went there his first time in Cleveland. He did go there alone, and that team sucked outside of LeBron. But quite frankly, I, I you know, we watched a lot of Mavs basketball. I mean, you could, you could throw, you maybe throw in Dwight Howard too. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I'm a big, I was a big fan of Rashard Lewis and Hugh Turgaloo. But uh, neither of those, I don't believe that either of those guys made an all-star game. I would, I would, I will air, I'll side with you. I don't think so either. May, but they flip, they could. I wouldn't be shocked if either, I wouldn't be shocked if Rashard had slipped into one. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. I think I'm with you. Um, both great three-point shooters. Uh, I think the thing with Luca and the Mavs, 
and interesting enough because after the first series, we were like, pay Jalen Brunson. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. But he needs more. Like Dorian Finney-Smith is a great piece, but he's a piece. Plebe is a piece. Dwight Powell he needs to be is a position that a lot of a lot of rim running bigs in the NBA that you can pick up. Re- replace him. You can yeah. upgrade. He's good. He's he's a worthy big. He should be on some competitive roster as a you know, backup big for sure. But he is not. He shouldn't be your center. Like there's other guys that you can go get that are better for Luca. Yeah, I, don't I mean, mind Woody, but I think that again another piece. Yeah, I think Side my piece. kind of my kind of. Uh, <laughs> Nice. Nick. My evaluation of the, the team right now is there are four keepers and it's, it's Luca, it's Dorian Finney-Smith, it's Kleba as a backup big who can come and, you know, we can play small, small ball, play stretch four, defend bigs well, and then Reggie Bullock. And those are the only four guys that I think must be on the Mavs roster next year. And as much as I like Brunson, I think that he was very much a feast player in that previous matchup because the jazz have, have no guard defenders. Um, I would be happy if Brunson was on our team next year. I think he deserves to be paid. He's a, he's a really good player. He's still a young player. There's still a lot of growth in his game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I hope he can get to a, a place where, you know, we consider him to be a Kyle Lowry type player. Cause I think he has that in him. Um, I think he's a better offensive player, but he's obviously a worse defensive player. It's kind of like if you swipped, if you if you swapped Kyle Lowry's offense and defense, you would kind of get what I hope Jalen Brunson will be. Um, Dinwiddie is replaceable. Bertans is on a big contract. I'd like to see him. He's replaceable too. You know, Tim Hardaway is not even playing this year. Um, so that hurts. It helped to have him out there because he is such a good shooter. And that's what you get when you have kind of the, the quote unquote heliocentric offense um, with a high usage player like Luca. And you have to have shooters around him to hit big shots. But to me, I mean, they're playing the, the team that had the best record in the NBA this year in the Phoenix Suns. They're, they're a team that lost in the NBA finals last year. Chris Paul can't say enough good things about that guy, the way that he has just the narrative of a game. He's like a kid who's masterfully playing with a yo-yo. Like it's just always in control. He plays at his pace. The refs are just all over him. They love him unless it's Scott Foster, but good thing he's, he's officiating the, the um, Celtics buck series. So, uh, you know, you got to tip your cap. And then uh, to me, what I, what I've kind of realized, and I know Booker is ailing slightly still, but it's Chris Paul's team. He's the better player between the two, especially in the playoffs. Not to discredit Booker whatsoever, but what Chris Paul has been able to do over the past few years, even when he wasn't on the the Suns, um, when he was on the Thunder and the Rockets, he just changes the dynamic and the fabric of a team. And uh, I'm always impressed with him. But the depth of of this team, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Heat, I, those teams are a step ahead of the rest of the teams because of that depth and, and, and the versatility specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I think the Warriors can get into matchup issues. I think that the Grizzlies don't have enough on, on the, um, the, the half court offense. They still have a long way to go there. Their, their half court offense, if they got to the finals, it might be the worst half court offense I've ever seen. I mean, Jaw shot well from three last night. 
but he has to, he has to, or else they're really in trouble because that's basically what every defense does. It's just, okay, spot up and shoot threes. If you hit him, you hit him, but otherwise we're going to let you do that. And that's the one part of his game from a flow standpoint, Josh, you're talking about like staccato versus legato. It's still kind of like the ugly part of his game, right? There's not, there's not flow there. There's not as much confidence as you, as you'd like there to be. But um, I think the NBA playoffs have been really fun. Um, I just, the officiating, what I wanted to bring up was that the officiating has been just really inconsistent. It's, it's not that you have to, you have to kind of make a stance, right? You have to decide like, are we going to call games aggressively? And by when a, when a ref calls a game aggressively, that means that they have a very loose whistle. They're calling lots of fouls. The hand checks aren't flying. Um, Teams are getting into the bonus, which is what happened with the Suns Mavericks game in the first half. And then it changed in the second half. And, you know, we, we've seen these, these flagrant fouls with things like Draymond. And then the next game, Dylan Brooks comes back and takes Gary Payton out of the air. Um, he gets ejected. You know, Cleveland's out a month, by the way. He's right. His, yeah. He, yeah. It's just, I just feel like the officiating in the NBA playoffs has been very different. Why does it have to be different than the regular season officiating where they let guys basically they they call a foul on every single contact play that's made in the regular season and then and then in the playoffs all of a sudden they're allowed to get really physical with them like why why can't we be consistent all across the board and it's the same things we're seeing across all leagues right in the nfl and the mlb um it i don't know i just i don't want to it's a tough job being a referee in sports in in major league sports but when you're getting that much criticism from that many people, something's got to get like, something's got to be true. Right. They also don't even know who Jack Harlow is. <laughs> no, seriously. You're right though. But it's every season. It's every season since the beginning of sports. We're always, we're always complaining about referees, umpires, officiators that blow calls or, or, you know, blow the whistle too much. It's nonstop in every sport. We see it in the NFL, we see it in the NBA, and we're seeing it a lot right now in the MLB as well. The strike zone is out of control. We need robot bumps at this point. There was multiple players and coaches that got ejected on Thursday alone. Or sorry, on Wednesday alone. Bumgarner has a dispute in the first inning with the guy checking his hand. Aaron nice. Boone comes out to, to argue Aaron Judge's strike zone. I mean, it's just out of control at this point. I feel like I'm not sure how it is at the NBA, but I, it seems like with the MLB, all these umpires are banding together and having this little boys club where it's like, no one's going to pick on us. We're going to stand our ground and we're just going to throw anyone that criticizes us. And, you know, even on Twitter, we're going to like the MLB P or the, or the umpire association or whatever, the union that they represent has like a Twitter page and they snap back at people on Twitter. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a, what a joke, dude. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want the credit, don't do the job. We all know what these jobs entail. You want to be in sports broadcasting and give your sports takes. And, you know, we want to sit here on ESPN SoCal or sit here on the national radio shows we do or sit here on any other, our podcast. And, you know, we want to just give our takes and not get any pushback. Then don't do this job. Do something else. Be a firefighter. We need plenty of those. I just, I shouldn't, when I'm watching, in my opinion, I shouldn't, when I'm watching a Mavs Suns game and I'm looking at NBA Twitter, it should be, oh, Luca's playing fantastic right now. Oh, Chris Paul's playing playing fantastic right now. It shouldn't be, 
Tony the Brothers the is the MVP. The refs, the refs, Tony right. Brothers deserves an Oscar. Tony Brothers going gifs of him going super saiyan like i shouldn't be seeing that it, it should be about the game and what's happening and it's taking up so much of the narrative it's the same thing on twitter when you're looking at baseball too it's like i see more stuff about the umpires missing calls and people getting thrown out than home runs and diving catches yeah and there's been a lot of like sick sick i mean rowdy tell us at eight rbis wednesday night like there was it's a lot of great plays in i mean i will say this baseball instagram has been doing great again like every time somebody hits a home run, it's up there in seconds. They're really quick to the punch. But yeah, the narrative of the refs is getting old and tiresome. And I don't want that to be the case. I want it to be the case of, you know, like great basketball, even well, win or lose. What what you were talking about, Josh, when when you were describing game one of that Warriors Memphis series, um, that Clay Thompson missed two free throws. What I was shaking my head at while you were mentioning how everything broke down is that Gary Payton actually went in tipped the ball off of Dylan Brooks's hand. It went out of bounds and the refs didn't know what to do. So they called it a jump ball. And it's like, okay, that's within two minutes. Why can't you go look at it and review it? Cause it clearly went off Dylan Brooks. It's then warriors ball. It doesn't matter that clay missed two free throws. They go to the line again, cause they're going to get fouled. And the jaw shot at the end isn't even a situation granted. Yeah. Like what, what was supposed to happen happened and the warriors won, but it's just situations like that where it's inconsistencies with these rules. Like we make this rule that we have to review things within the, the last two minutes of the game. Then we take it away, right? We make these rules in, in baseball where we can review things that we take it away. Then we implement the checking the pitchers after every inning. Then the guys aren't even checking their arms. They're looking at their face the entire time with the bum garner thing. He wasn't even looking at his hand. Like, like that video, Nick, that you mentioned is absolutely, it's absurd. And I know it feels like Creepy. we're just kind of, we're just kind of soapboxy here, like talking about how the refs are doing a bad job. But yeah, um, but it's how all of us feel. It's not yeah. it's not anything that people haven't felt these past few weeks. It's it's just absurd at this point. And I'm glad that we can get on the soapbox for the rest of the nation and call out these referees and umpires for their poor decision making. If you want to hear more, stay tuned. We'll be back next segment. The Cherry Stripe, Nick Kreider, Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis. We're back, baby. It's the charity stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. Crazy week in NFL last week. The downfall is this week. The dust has settled. What do we make of the drafts? What questions do we still have? What free agents are still there? Uh, if you want to make bets on the NFL, if you missed out on betting for the draft, you didn't make any draft, you know, bets, you didn't do any props. You can go to betonline.ag and they have the first preseason game. What is it, Toss? It's August 4th. Who's playing in the first preseason game at betonline.ag? It's August 4th, Thursday, August 4th, 2022. This fall, I guess summer, maybe if you consider August summer, it's the Vegas Raiders playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, there's no, take a guess, take a, take a guess. Both of you guys, what do y'all think the spread is? I mean, it's a preseason uh, game. I, I can't imagine that it's what is it like an eight point spread? Maybe I was thinking I was thinking eight. Well, the Jags had a good draft. They're rearing to strike back at the rest of the NFL after an abysmal season. And it's a one and a half point spread. Wow. The Raiders yeah. are minus one and a half. I just like first off, how are you making these odds? How does that happen? How does that math happen? Regardless, go to betonline.ag. 
throw down a bet. I mean, I'm hammering Raiders minus one and a half today doing that immediately. Um, BetOnline.ag, of course, use the promo code BELIEVE. You'll get 50% off on your first deposit. Use that first deposit and bet on this game. The Hall of Fame game. It's a legacy game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is where everything gets turned around for them. Yeah. First football game of the summer, which you said in August, people... You said some people consider it summer. You know, summer goes all the way till September 22nd, right? Okay, but uh, that's a good thing to to talk about, Nick. Do yeah. you do you adhere to like the solstices? Is that like how you define true seasons? Or is yes. it more of like, or is it more just like a feel thing? Like, oh, school starting, it's, it's getting to fall. Because they don't call it when you, if you started August 28th, they didn't say, oh, I'm back in summer semester. No, you say you're back in the fall at school. It's a good point. Thank yeah. you. Here's, here's I go by feel, but I know for sure that August 4th feels like summer. And I know a lot of people and I know most of them would say August 4th is summer. I agree. I, I also know. agree with that. I'm going to double back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love if, to if find you, someone that says If you go by like the solstice calendar, right? Yeah, sure. You see it. If you go by the fuel calendar, there's, there's definitely ways to feel it out. If we're talking about weather, like I'm not going to be sitting here in a cold front during the spring and say, Oh, you know, it feels like winter. I, I feel like these next couple of days, it's going to be winter in the middle of spring. You know? well, well, spring. Where we are, you could never tell what season it is anyway. Seasons of love. Sure. <laughs> no, but uh, it's so Cal, like sometimes January feels like May and then sometimes February feels like August. Well, what's like, maybe we should make seasons fluid at this point. Like, why are we in these archaic? Everything rules? else is. Yeah, exactly. Everything else is so fluid. We should just make seasons. Okay, today feels cold. It's winter. Who cares what the date is? If it's below 60, it's winter. You know what doesn't feel fluid, though? The relationship between Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis, it feels like it's very much going. It's already been ironed out exactly what it is. And it's Tannehill's job and Malik Willis can pick up the scraps and that's what it's going to be. It's not a babysitter. He's not a baby. It's not his. Are you paying the guy to be a teacher professor or QB one? Well, they were the AFC winners last year in the regular season. I think we got to roll the clip, roll the clip because we need to give the audience some context of what we're talking about. So here's Ryan Tannehill in a press conference when he got asked about Malik Willis being on the Tennessee Titans. So basically he said, I'm not here to, to mentor Malik. That's not my job. And then you can immediately see in his eyes. If you see, if you watch the video, or if you've listened to the clip that he knew he messed up when he said that, because look, I, we all get it right. Like, no, it's maybe not his job, but also like, don't be so brutally honest. Right. It's not like Brett Favre was like, nah, I'm not going to mentor this kid, Aaron Rodgers. Screw that. Same thing with Kurt Warner. Right. Like those guys are still fighting for a job. Right. If Tannehill messes up, he's losing his job to Malik Willis. Yeah, well, they, I think some situations are different. The Favre situation is different in my eyes because they literally took, especially back then, like you took rugs back then, Jesus. You take a quarterback in the first round, that's the franchise. In your mind, it could be Paxton Lynch. But in your mind, it's the franchise guy or should at some point, you know, step up to be the franchise guy. I don't think that Tannehill imagined he'd be in a situation where they draft a guy and this is the guy that's going to be breathing down his neck. First of all, Ryan Tannehill is not an elite elite quarterback, so he has to still fight in some small capacity 
to not, you know, get the job, but to maintain the job. Because you're early. I do think there's some truth to what you're saying. If Tannehill comes out and the Titans, for some odd reason, start three and seven, people are going to be calling for the flip. Go for the younger guy. Let's see what he's got. Are they? I don't think they go. I even think they go that long before he gets the boot. People are going to be calling for it, but I think any fan who has actually studied this draft, studied Malik Willis as a prospect, shout out to our boy Joe DeLeon, knows that Malik Willis is not going to be ready at any point during year one of his tenure as an NFL player. So mm-hmm. I think that... Yeah. But I, if to, yeah, go. If you're three and seven, though, you've lost hope for the playoffs, I'd imagine. I mean, you could still get there if you go on a magnificent run. Not in the FC. But, well, 11 and seven. You know, that gets go, it done. Uh, it, uh, it would be 10 and seven. And 10 eight, seven, right. Seven zip run. I'd be impressed. It's doable, but uh, you know, I, I mean, think it's div- done. In that division, maybe. Maybe. Maybe if you have but, two back end games. But listen, I, I think that if you're at a point where you're three and seven, you either make a change so you can try to go on a run, mm-hmm. right? I guess it's a seven game win streak to potentially get to 10 wins and make the playoffs. Or you just get the guy in there to give him in game experience because. The way he develops, it's not by sitting the bench; it's by getting reps. That's true, but I don't think you want to throw in, him to the fire if he's not ready. In which case, if they're three and seven, then they're a bad team with the highest paid quarterback, at least on the books for this coming season, and they're in a bad they're in a bad spot. They're in a bad situation. To me, I hear this clip and I feel like Ryan Tannehill is just a little irked right now, and he's a little he's a little under the gun because. This is a tough situation to be like where we have gotten so, so hyper aware of how much money every single player in the NFL is making. Like Ryan Tannehill absolutely does not deserve to be the highest paid quarterback for this upcoming year because he's not even a top 10 quarterback. No, he, but there was a point where people were like, okay, he could be. He's gone to back-to-back deep playoffs or at least high-seated playoff positions. He went. He did, one. and he threw, an in, he threw an interception on the first play of the game against the Bengals. He had an atrocious game. He was, yeah. he was terrible. He's No, I, I'm with you, but there was, there was a point where people were like, okay, he, he's like inching towards the top 10. And the way everything was going, they had to pay him. I mean, there's going to come a time where it's not even close for Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, and all these guys get paid. And I think, I think, the, I think the situation is the guy who was drafted. Malik Willis's overall height. I mean, people thought he was going in the top 20. People, people thought like, he was going in the top five, top people, six. I mean, those people were on crack, but people like him. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I thought he was going <laughs> on the Panthers at six. I did not think that, but they, I mean, I'm not on crack, but I mean, the cooling yeah, tastes pretty good. What <laughs> <laughs> flavor, dude? Uh, uh, baby, baby blue. <laughs> baby, baby, baby blue. Baby blue. <laughs> <laughs> Baby That's a like new it. flavor right there. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's good. I don't know what it tastes like. Just, tastes like just baby tastes blue. Like baby blue. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, Malik Willis goes in the third round, and he's kind of of the quarterbacks. Was America's quote unquote sweetheart? People saw the video of him helping the homeless person. People liked him as a player. People liked him as a person. Like his, his overall swagger. He just has the appeal. Something he has the thing that you can't really explain why you like him. He just has it more so than Desmond Ritter, more so than Matt Corral, more so than Sam Howell, who was kind of the antithesis of that. Like if any of you know a guy who the Patriots took out of Western Kentucky, if any of those guys went to Tennessee, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They wouldn't be asking those questions. It's because it's Malik Willis, a guy that people wanted to go in the first round, goes in the third round, drops like a rock. People want him to get a shot. 
That's why these questions are being asked. And I'm with Tannehill. He maybe he shouldn't have said it. Sure. Maybe he should have been a bit nicer. Welcome the guy onto the team. He is your teammate. At the end of the day, he is trying to help to, you know, work to a better goal of winning a Super Bowl, which that team, I'm not saying they're contending for a Super Bowl, but they should for sure contend for the division. hundred percent. I don't know if they're the favorite anymore, but they should contend for the division. They should, dude. They're going to contend for the division. You lose, you lose AJ. One wide receiver does not. They're not going to drop out of the contention for the AFC South. They, I mean, they also added Robert Woods. People are forgetting about that. Yeah, I mean, he's the best blocking tight end. I mean, wide receiver in the league. Wait, one healthy. And they got one of the best running backs in the league. They, who's healthy? And I love Traylon Burks. He was like, my, honestly, like probably like my third favorite receiver in this draft class behind uh, Wilson. And I love, I'm an Ohio State guy, fan. It was Jameson, it was uh, Wilson, and it was Traylon Burks. And I don't have a problem with them, you know, not paying A.J. Brown because they're going to have to pay Jeffrey Simmons, who's the best defensive player on the team and is an absolute stud. And they already paid Bud Dupree, who was five, what, five years, $85 million. So now you're in a situation where you can't just be tossing around wide receiver money to the wide receiver. Who, like, as good as A.J. Brown is, is he top 10? In his own right, probably no. not. Nope, hasn't been on the field enough to even give him credit to be there. But maybe, maybe he can at some point. I mean, he's got the ability. I feel like I don't think I don't think he's the situation. I don't right. think he's he's got the ability. I just he'll never be better than Justin Jefferson. He'll never be better than Jamar Chase. He's not better than DK Metcalf, and those guys are his age. Debo. Yeah, hundred percent, dog. Well. Speaking of wide receivers, there's a few left there right now um, on free agency. Mix and match. The, the the dust has not fully settled yet on the NFL offseason. There's some big names out there still. And I'm just going to throw them at you guys, and you let me know where you think they'd end up and would be a good fit. So we'll start off with Julio Jones. <sighs> he was just so not good last year, man. And not Yeah, but the that's before. the situation again, I feel like. I don't there's a there's a reason he's unsigned. I could see a team like I could see a team like Arizona giving him a, a small one year prove it deal. But just got him and AJ Green together, like that's so two guys fine. that are the same. No, it's like I mean they're not that similar. And would, they're they're just yeah, similar but, vibe, they're the same draft. I mean, they're both old got older guys. But what is what is the Packers have to lose from signing a guy like him? Well, if you're the Packers, I don't want to jump the gun here because I know there's another guy on this list that's right. Well, we'll yeah, we'll get there. But if you're Julio Jones and you're the Arizona Cardinals who just lost, you know, I'm not saying you need Julio Jones to be your number one. You got to bring in Julio Jones to be your number three or four because yeah. your number one is out for the first six games. I, I mean, what are you using Julio Jones for at this point? Is he just a he red would. zone target? Like, Seriously, what Maybe. what is he? Because if he's out on the field every single snap, I he's gonna get hurt again. I just yeah. that's that's the way well, he is now as an he, athlete. He, you're not you're not bringing him on the roster to be the primary target, of course. But I mean, a team with maybe two options right now, maybe he'd be that third option. Like, I mean, look at the New Orleans Saints right now. If they get Michael Thomas healthy, you know, put him on each side. They just drafted a receiver as well. I mean, I think that's that's something that they can do. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins. Dolphins. That's like, last year he played. He played ten games last year and was just so unproductive. 
The year before he played nine, went for 771 yards at 15 yards a catch. Yep. I mean, he's and the year before that, he was his typical 1400 yards. Absolutely amazing. He's 33 there, years old. There could be a reunion with his boy, Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. I don't hate that. I don't yeah. hate that at all. I think they reunite in Indy and he's like, look, he is a three receiver. But that's right. fine. That's why I threw out Arizona. They're a team that's competing and they need the depth. Right. San Francisco. I mean, one of these teams in the West could, can throw them a little quiche. Let's not spend too much time on Julio Jones. Let's move sure. on to a higher profile guy, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I think his bet has been made in Los Angeles. They they signed, sealed, delivered his fate when they signed Allen Robinson. Right. Thanks for coming over. Here's your ring. You're so hurt. We're you talking Packers, maybe. I don't. Th- I don't think he's on a well, roster. Because who's that guy that you're referring to? Is it? It's Odell. It's Odell. It is Odell. And, you know, I mean, Juice is a great one to bring up. I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, the Packers make complete sense. Because every team makes complete sense for Odell Beckham Jr. Patriots. He's healthy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Patriots, I mean, uh, the Ravens, like the a lot. Yeah, I think I think that's a team that has to be mentioned with any of these guys, right? Is someone slotting in for that Antonio Brown role, right? Who can just. That's Odell has a similar. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can stretch the field obviously for, for Brady or, you know, he was just seen at talking stick arena, uh, watching the Phoenix suns play. Maybe he's headed to Arizona to, to replace Hopkins for those first six games. And then the, you know, they, they use him as a supplementary piece. Mm-hmm. He's hurt though, bro. Yeah. Of all these guys, Nick, you tease juice and juice is the guy. I, he hasn't been fully healthy in his own right, but he hasn't gone through a major knee injury and juice knows his role and juice is not a headache. Juice wants to win. Yeah. And I think that his entire career, he's played with mediocre quarterbacks, not been a good situation. Imagine what he can do with a great quarterback, whether that's in green Bay, whether that's in Tampa Bay, whether that's, you know, in maybe Denver, I, I don't know. I, I think he has an opportunity I, to, to potentially become a, a great target for one of these guys. I think he would be a fantastic fit with Russell Wilson. And and speaking of fits, um, I think it's important that we we mention you know a brand that we all love wearing, Ten Thousand. You know they make the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts that I've ever worn. Um, I've been doing a bunch of just squat thrusts lately, and wow. yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an exercise that I've really tapped into to work on my, my glutes, my lower legs and the seven inch interval short, uh, along with the versatile shirt from 10,000, just really get me to peak performance. Um, I think last episode, I don't know if any of our listeners heard me talk about the coloration of some of their shirts. I, I mentioned puke green, but I, I want to correct that. Cause I think it's more Good so call. mint, mint green. Um, it's, it's a mint green. It's a beautiful green, great shade. <laughs> Uh, so, so go to 10,000 because they're offering our listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.com slash stripe to receive 15% off your purchase. Again, that's 10,000.com slash stripe. Wow. Stripe. Love it. Stripe. Speaking of stripes. Talk to us, Nick. Are the Bengals going to be signing anyone to bolster that defense? Jadavion Clowney, perhaps? Clowney's available. Anthony Barr's available. 
interesting. I've always been a fan of his very under the radar player. I mean, the clowny situation is, is you, we know what this clowny song and dance is. Clowney has bounced around. He's changed teams like a girl's change clothes, like at the Cleveland Browns on the Titans. He's on this team's on that team. He's not been fully healthy. Clowney. Can I ask a question on Clowney? We only, we don't have that much time left, but I'm sure. just curious. Is he lived up to the hype? Mm, no, he was the number one overall draft pick. And people thought that he was the second coming of like JJ Watt or Reggie white. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, that's like my gut check too. Uh, how many? Okay, l- l- how many Pro Bowls has he made? Three. No, then definitely not. I mean, he's only twenty nine. He's he's got plenty of time in his career, but I feel like he just hasn't found the right situation because his head is not in the right place. All he cares about is being being the highest paid defensive player on his team. And honestly, last year when he was playing with the Browns, they had a great tandem: Miles Garrett and Clowney. They should run it back. I mean, he had nine sacks last year. He's just like trying. It's always a money thing with this guy. He yeah, wants the bad. money. Pay me, pay me, pay. Play, dude. Seahawks. I forgot them. He was on the Seahawks, too. You remember that? What, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's well, he's there. he's going to get paid if he puts himself in the best position to succeed. That's a situation, like you mentioned, Nick, across from a guy named Miles Garrett, where you're going to succeed because Miles Garrett gets so much attention that you're going to get the opportunity. So as long as he's looking for, for that type of team, I think, you know, he'll get what he wants and they'll get what they want. Yeah. It's a great point. Great stuff. Great NFL chat. Good NBA chat on this one. A lot of sillies. Uh, go get that baby blue flavored Kool-Aid. Cause we all want to know what that tastes like fans out there. Drag 10,000. They have a baby blue colored shirt as well. You're really upgrading on these colored shirts, man. You want to come back from puke green. Yeah. It's out there. Drag both feet and mounds. So I'm going to full count with that puck at that pot. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We outro. We love you. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Stan Diego, a local, knowledgeable realtor. Stan Diego went to San Diego High School, then to San Diego State University. Stan Diego Kimmerman knows all about your city. Give him a call now for any of your buying, selling, or investment needs at 619-940-STAN. That's 619-940-7826. Go to standiego.com now to find out more. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. that it's the call of the crave and when the crave calls you know what to do 
Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.